things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check your local listings. Find out where you ever you get your podcast. You can find No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot on my mind. We're less than <clears throat> a week away from the election. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be mixed into this particular podcast. So I need y'all to stay with me. I'm going to touch on politics. I'm going to touch on sports. I'm going to touch on reality TV. I'm going to touch on the streets. Because it's all relevant on today's podcast. You know, I've been known throughout the years to be a pretty loud dude. What did you say? I think my whole team will con concur with that notion. Um, I can be bombastic and demonstrative. I call it like I see it. I ruffle feathers. But you know what? No one has ever called me. Ever. Ever. I have never been called uncivil. I have never been accused of being somebody that you couldn't talk to. Somebody who would never listen. Most certainly, I've never been accused of being somebody that was prone to violence. And I'm from the streets of New York City. Drug dealers were my friends. They saved my life. I was surrounded by violence growing up throughout my life. Half my friends are dead. A third of them are in jail. They ain't getting out. That's the kind of life I come from. So you know it's pretty damn bad. When I'm sitting here up here, and six days before an election, I'm having a conversation with y'all about civility. You know it's bad. That's how I wanted to start off today's episode. Because I want to first, before I say anything else and let you know where I'm going with all of this, I want to throw out the gratuitous yet accurate laudables that are necessary to articulate. America's a great country. There's a reason everybody wants to come here. Yeah, we might have a flawed history that we're responsible for. There's no doubt about that. A flawed history that's contributed to some of the most extraordinary achievements our world has ever seen, by the way. But here's the thing. How did you arrive at those great moments? Despite all the possible discord and arguments that no doubt were present before, during and after a multitude of great events throughout American history, civility was the order of the day. You can't have compromise without civility. You can't have reason and rationale without civility. Civility 
is how compromise is made. Everybody knows that. You ever see the footages of things that are going on in other nations throughout this world? You ever see it and say to yourself, damn, that can't happen here. We've said it many times. Not in America. Because we're a nation of laws. And we're a nation of civility. And we believe in compromise. Everybody doesn't get to have their way all the time. But if you sprinkle enough to everybody and everybody gets fed to some degree, then ultimately, that's what the personification of compromise is all about. We don't seem to have that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a black man from the streets of New York City. Just turned 55 years old. Never in my wildest dreams that I believe I'd start off a podcast talking about Paul Pelosi. The 82-year-old husband of our nation's Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. You have to be under a rock if you haven't heard the news of what happened to him. Last week, 2 a.m., in the morning, a man broke into their home in San Francisco through a back door carrying zip ties and duct tape, shouting, where's Nancy? He attempted to tie up Paul Pelosi before attacking him with a hammer. A hammer. It's been reported the intruder, David DePap, posted conspiracy theories on Facebook about COVID vaccines, the 2020 election, and of course, the insurrection that took place on January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol. You want to term it a coincidence that this happened less than two weeks before the 2022 midterm elections? Go right ahead. The man literally broke into the home of the Speaker of the House. Now, just to throw out the facts, security wasn't there because, yes, the president and the vice president and the Speaker of the House, yes, they have security. But she wasn't in San Francisco. She was back in the nation's capital. So her security is with her. And when she's not in San Francisco, there's not security at her home in San Francisco. No doubt that's about to change in short order. Because we have, he can't have somebody in a line of succession to become the president of the United States, like third away, third place away. Got the president, the vice president, and obviously the Speaker of the House. Second, really. You can't have her that exposed. We get all of that. My point is, what the hell has this world come to? We've got members of the GOP that's reluctant and hesitant to denounce the violence. We've got folks on the left that's quick to politicize it. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's got nothing to do with the right or the left. It's got nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. It's got everything to do with the degradation that has taken place in our society that people won't stand up and condemn in unison. What the hell has happened to us? What the hell has happened? Since when is it okay to break into somebody's home? Let alone constrain them, try to prevent them from calling 911. And once you learn they dialed 911, 
Because Paul Pelosi made up some story about having to use the bathroom, according to the reports. Once you learned he dialed 911 and the police were there in two minutes, once you realized that they were there, you knocked them upside the head with a hammer. Cracked the skull. And we've got folks here, at the very least, not treating this with the collective seriousness that it deserves. I don't even know what to say about this country anymore sometimes. It's sickening. But then again, should we really be surprised? Because when you really, really think about it, ladies and gentlemen, it's been going on for a while. Forget Donald Trump. How about Donald Trump Jr.? After the attack of Paul Pelosi, the son of the former president of the United States, felt this was a time to make jokes and mock the situation. Two days after the incident, by the way, Trump Jr. tweeted a photo of a hammer laying on a pair of men's underwear with the caption, got my Paul Pelosi Halloween costume ready. This is what you do after something like that. You joke. You're the son of a president of the United States. Don't get me started. If Sasha or Malia had done something like that when Obama was the president. Don't get me started with that. How the world would have reacted. See, this is the hypocrisy that I'm talking about. And again, I'm not taking sides here. We're talking about human decency. That's what we're talking about here. Why am I bringing that up? Because the same GOP that would have went off if Sasha or Malia had done something like that while Obama was in office. If Chelsea Clinton had done something like that, if Clinton was in office. They're the same folks that haven't said a word about what Donald Trump Jr. decided to do. This is our problem. Where are the standards? We once had standards. Grand old party. Damn. You once had standards. They just go out the window now. I already reported weeks ago right here on this podcast. Liz Cheney voted with Trump 93% of the time. Ted Cruz voted with Trump 92% of the time. But y'all walk around acting like he's some godlike figure. It can't just be a Republican in that White House. It has to be him. You got a son acting that way. Even Trump decried the attack, the attack on Paul Pelosi. Even he came out and said, there's no room for that. There's no cause for that. I don't have his quote in front of me, but that's what he basically said. But his son acting the fool. But again, it's no surprise here. We've seen this stuff happen in history. And oh, by the way, not to be engage rather in complete condemnation about the GOP. Listen, the Democrats have had their issues in the past. They ain't innocent at all of this, not by a long shot. They share some of this. Hillary Rodham Clinton, she politicized this when it happened to Paul Pelosi. She did that. And in the past, what happened? This is a graduate from Yale School of Law, former United States Secretary of State, of course, the former First Lady. 
But in 2016 on the presidential campaign trail, she used the term basket of deplorables to describe Donald Trump supporters. One would think she should have known it would only invite criticism and damage her image. That didn't stop her. What about Maxine Waters, who I love? Every time I see her, I give her a big hug. I've met Maxine Waters on a couple of occasions, and I understand the fights that she's embraced on behalf of African-Americans throughout this nation. Doesn't make her flawless, but I love this woman. She's been a member of the House of Representatives for the state of California for years. She's 84 years old. Respected politician for close to 30 years. She knows a thing or two about compromise and how far civility can get you. Yet in 2018, that didn't stop her from urging her supporters to publicly confront and harass members of the Trump administration. Quote, and if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant in the department store at the station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. In the wake of the George Floyd tragedy and the trial of Derek Chauvin, she went on to say, quote, I hope we get a verdict that says guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we've got to stay on the street. We get more active. We got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know what we, that we mean business. You're inviting confrontation. I know former rep John Lewis, God rest his soul, talked about good trouble, and I get that. I truly do. But you also have to sense what's transpiring in our world today and how damaging it can be, particularly to disenfranchised communities, because the numbers don't work in our favor. The absence of civility creates chaos. And the more chaos there is, the less the smaller groups have a chance of winning in that fracas. I'm talking to everybody here. America is disintegrating before our very eyes. Damn, I remember the days when, 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 when I thought it was just reality TV. I mean, damn. Remember when Jenny Jones had her show in the 90s? And they had a guest come on and they wanted to surprise him. And he thought he was at, they got a secret admirer of his. And his brother flew in on the show to attend the show. And come to find out it wasn't a, it wasn't a woman, some beautiful girl he was looking forward to learning that had a crush on him. It was a dude. It was someone he knew that if, Basically revealed he was a homosexual and he had a crush on the dude. Do you know what the guy did? He got off the air and went home and murdered the guy that had a crush on him. He was that taken aback. They call it the Jenny Jones murder. He killed the guy. Maury Povich. What we've seen on his shows, Jerry Springer, what we've seen on his shows, all of this stuff. But guess what? That's what the hell is going on today on Capitol Hill. Weeks before an election. We got to come together. We got to stop this. We got to stop it all. It ain't just going on on Capitol Hill. It's going on throughout the streets of America. Crime is up. Why do you think that is? 
It ain't just because of the inflation. It ain't just because of the economy. It's not just because of those things. It's not just because of the price of gas and food and electricity and all of this other stuff. It's because people don't give a damn. Because what they're really saying is the people running our lives that influence our pocketbooks, our health care, our borders, they don't give a damn, so why should we? They don't know how to act, so why come to us to tell us how to act? There's an answer to that question. There's an answer to those statements. But it ain't a good one. I'll explain what I'm talking about in a minute. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. Back with more in a second. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? See, here's the important thing that everybody needs to understand. And the first order of business is to make sure that you're not giving the impression. You want to make sure everybody understands that you don't condone violence. None of us should. There's just no place for it. You know how easy it is to inflict violence? It's not hard. Why do you think all of these, you know, strenuous efforts to minimize, if not completely eradicate bullying is an issue? You know why? Because everybody can't afford to be a bully. You bigger, you stronger, sure you can bully. You got a firearm, sure you can be a bully. There's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of harm that you can do. Throughout history. We've learned violence ain't the answer. It's an easy way out for people that don't want to exercise their mind and their heart and their soul in an effort to try and find and discover and ultimately do what is right. Paul Pelosi is the husband of Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House. She's second in line for the presidency behind the vice president. There is no excuse, no excuse for what this dude did. And, and, and he's looking at felony charges that can end up keep him in jail for about 50 years. And damn it, he deserves it. He's on record saying that he expected Nancy Pelosi to lie. He'd have let her go if she told the truth. But if not, he was going to bust her kneecaps. Swimming's in her 70s. What the hell is Donald Trump Jr. doing making a joke about that? What's wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? But we got a lot of stuff going on. And see, when it comes to politicians, as egregious as I find this to be, I'm really shocked. Because you see, politicians have dominion over our lives. The taxes that come out of our check, the money that we take home, the quality of life that we're trying to build for ourselves, they have the ability to compromise it. So although as egregious and despicable and reprehensible as it is, I'm never shocked. I'm never shocked. Let me tell you what shocks me, how us as American citizens don't pay enough attention to it. 
Do y'all realize that over the last week, Kanye West and Kyrie Irving have made more news or just as much news as these guys? As, 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 as this guy, David DePap, that terrorized the Pelosi home and hospitalized the husband of Nancy Pelosi? Kanye West made news for what many deem to be his anti-Semitic remark. And then for some reason, I don't know what the hell this was about. He actually put me in there, in the mix. Sat up there and talked about real ones like me. He put me in the same sentence as Herschel Walker, who's running for the Senate seat in Georgia, and Kyrie Irving. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to disrespect anybody. Let me just say to you, that couldn't be further from the truth. I met Kanye one time in my life. Don't know him. Don't know Herschel Walker. And after last season, the way Kyrie Irving and I went at it, we'll never speak again. And I won't lose a speck of sleep over it. I wish him no harm. I wish him nothing but the best. But I am not in the same boat as them. Let me be very, very clear. I am against anti-Semitism. I don't applaud it. I don't condone it. I don't okay it. I have nothing to do with it. There are too many people in the Jewish community that I know and respect to ever disrespect them like that. And I've repeatedly told y'all this on many, many occasions. If I'm not Jewish, I don't get to define what anti-Semitism is. They get to do that. Just like I don't want somebody coming to me telling me what I should find offensive as a black man. It's not my place. And I certainly don't get into people's religion. I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I grew up around Muslims. My brother believed in Buddhism. My cousins were Muslim. And yes, because my grandmother was white, I have aunts who are Jewish. I don't play those games. God will determine when all is said and done. I know what I believe in. I don't feel the need to try and educate you on what your beliefs should be. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a rabbi. I'm not an imam. I'm none of that. I don't know. And I leave that to others. So I don't know what the hell Kanye was thinking, mentioning me in the same breath of that stuff. Wrong brother. Must be another Stephen A. Smith out there that I didn't know about. But it ain't me. Kyrie Irving? It's Kyrie Irving. It's no surprise. I've said it on many occasions, and I'm not here to hate on him, but he believes that his level of intellect far exceeds most others. Okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. That's what he believes. Okay? And he's going to double down and not back down or whatever. All I'm going to say is this. Same thing I just said about Kanye West. People have their beliefs. When judgment day comes, they will find out whether they're right or wrong. It's not for us to determine that for them. 
And when you try to do that, you stepping over lines you have no business stepping over. Period. But that's his own bed. He's got to lie in it. Here's the bed that we all have got to lie in. <sighs> Think about the nonsense that is going on in this world over the last several years. Remember when President Obama called Kanye West an asshole? Because he grabbed, Kanye grabbed Taylor Swift's award. I think it was the VMA, was it not? It was an award given to Taylor Swift, and he grabbed it from her to say Beyonce deserved the award. Even Beyonce and Jay-Z was embarrassed by that. What's wrong with you? Why would you do that? Okay, you felt differently. So the world has to know that? On that stage? You have any idea how self-absorbed you have to be to snatch an award from somebody? He didn't even snatch it for himself. It ain't like he snatched it and said, I should win this award. No, you snatched it on behalf of Beyonce who didn't want you to do such a classless thing. You have any idea how self-indulgent and self-important you have to be and how much disregard you have to have for decency and another human being to do that to Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift didn't pick herself to win the award. Remember when President Obama was heckled during his State of the Union address in 2009? I don't have the story in front of me, but the representative screamed, you lie. Think about that. Republican representative from South Carolina, Joe Wilson, that's his name. He screamed, you lie. I saw Clinton boo during his State of the Union address once. I saw people hemming and hawing when George W. Bush spoke. I didn't see anybody scream at the president of the United States, you lie. I didn't see that before. Oh, I got more, y'all. Remember the three men found guilty? for attempting to kidnap Michigan governor. Remember that? Three men found plotting to kidnap Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmer. Ladies and gentlemen, this was in 2020, two years ago. Remember that? Asian Americans being attacked in the streets. And oh, by the way, let's not act like it happened for no reason. I mean, when you got the president of the United States at the time calling COVID the Kung Flu. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Ask China. You were fomenting the hate. How about President Trump not acknowledging transfer of power to President Biden? And a whole bunch of politicians refusing to tell the truth. And say that the election was not rigged because they're afraid to lose support from their constituency. How about Will Smith slapping the living hell out of Chris Rock? On stage at the Oscars, being produced for the first time in history by a black person in Mr. Will Packer. That's what Will Smith did. By the way, to a dude that's about 45, 50 pounds lighter than him. 
I don't care what the hell Jazzy Jeff or anybody says. And I love my man Jazzy Jeff and I love Will Smith. I don't care what anybody says. It ain't like he would have went up there and slapped The Rock. He wouldn't have went up there and slapped Tyson or somebody. He wouldn't have went up there and slapped Jamie Foxx. I don't want to hear that. Liz Cheney voted out of office just for seeking the truth of the January 6th insurrection. And now this. 15 Minutes of Fame has been replaced by social media, podcasts, and streaming TV. That's what you call the end of civility in this country. When this stuff goes unchecked. This is the nonsense that's going on. We got to do something about it. Because it's getting uglier and uglier. And I bring up all of those things. But I'm going to tell you right now, six days before the election, I'm going to tell you right now, I blame the politicians on Capitol Hill more than anybody else. I'm not absolving everybody else. But I blame the politicians on Capitol Hill for all of this nonsense. All of it. They should be ashamed of what they have done to this country. And I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about them. I'll close out this podcast by explaining why in a minute. You're listening to Stephen A. No mercy with Stephen A. Back with my closing remarks in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? This past weekend, on Sunday's Meet the Press, with host Chuck Todd, a scary statistic was shown. Ladies and gentlemen, the number of reported threats against Congress just back six years ago in 2016 was at 902 for the year. In 2021, do you want to know what that number was? 9,625. That is an increase of 967%. Those are threats. Y'all ain't concerned about that? I am. But having said all of that, knowing that it's egregious, that there's no place for violence ever, with the exception of self-defense, because I'm not going to front. Somebody breaks into my home to harm me and my family. I'm going to have to defend my family and myself. As should any of you. It's the lone exception. In the end, We can't let the politicians off the hook. You see, we can do two things at once. We can say there is no excuse for violence. You have no business being a David DePap and and, and terrorizing the Pelosi home, looking for the Speaker of the House. That his behind should be thrown under the damn jail. We can say that. And in the same breath say, not pointing at Nancy Pelosi, but just pointing to the culture that exists on Capitol Hill. We can still say in the same breath, do you see what you've done to our nation? 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a perfect example. If I am a member of the GOP, it's pulling teeth for me to be surrounded by black people. The policies that I'm striving to implement always seems to be pro-business and not enough looking out for the little man. We've demonized immigrants and come across as if they're all criminals. When we speak about building a wall and protecting our borders, it's very, very simple to say, look, We've had over 200, we have had over over 2 million people cross the borders illegally in this country in the last year. We can't sustain that. We can't continue to be the United States of America with that inordinate amount of non-American citizens walking across our borders. How they gonna eat? Where they gonna live? Where they gonna sleep? How they gonna get a job? They gonna pay taxes? Illegal immigration at this rate is unsustainable. That's all you got to say. You ain't got to talk about rapists and killers and all of this folks giving the imagery that that's who they are. We got rapists. We got murderers. We got criminals in every single community in this nation and in this world. Why do you have to talk about immigrants like that? You don't have to do that. You can simply make the case, yo, we can't afford y'all. That's why we got to secure our borders. That makes perfect sense. And it's not evil. It's not insensitive. It's simply a fact. We got to take care of America first. We got citizens here. My boy Jeff in California throws this line out every chance he gets. He says, Stephen A., pretend for a second. You went to Six Flags Great Adventure. He said, because I know you've been there before. He said, you ever stand in one of those lines for the ride? I said, of course I have. He said, take you about two or three hours to get on a damn ride on a good day, right? I said, absolutely, because Disney World is always packed. And he said, okay, so imagine you get damn near to the front of the line after waiting for two and a half, three hours, and somebody skipped right in front of you and got on the ride in front of you. How would you feel? I said, I wouldn't like that at all. He said, that's illegal immigration. Because illegal immigration is skipping ahead of those who stood in line to get into America legally. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you agree or disagree, is there anything evil about that? Nothing. They could do that. But that's not what they do. They tell the world, Liberals, the progressives, they just want to let everybody in. And they're going to, they don't mind if a rapist comes in. They don't mind if a criminal comes in. They don't mind if a murderer comes in. This is the impression. But then you want to go and make a deal with them. You the liberals. Well, if you are a conservative, you must be racist. You can't possibly like black people. You can't possibly care about the desolate and disenfranchised, whether there's blacks, Latinos, or poor white folks. You talk about each other like dogs. Nothing gets done. 
Every major vote that matters. Health care, gun control, immigration reform. Roe v. Wade. The list goes on and on. Voted amongst party lines. And I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying there's never a time where compromise hasn't taken place. I'm quite sure a dead clock is right twice a day. You did it once or twice. I'm talking about the vast, the mass body of your work. You don't work together. You talk about each other like trash. You vote amongst party lines. And nothing gets done on behalf of the American people to show there's compromise with everything. We give some, we take some. If y'all were acting right on Capitol Hill, perhaps our society would act better. Perhaps our society would know, excuse me, in unison, in concert with one another, they will rain down upon you. You know what's emboldened people to conduct themselves with criminal behavior? They believe they got folks on their side. Those insurrectionists that went to Capitol Hill They actually thought Trump was going to look out for him. He said, I'm coming there with you. We're going to march on over to the Capitol. I'm coming with you. And that brother rolled right back to the White House. Now, I know there were reports during the January 6th committee and all of this other stuff that said he really wanted to go. And he started cussing people out, Secret Service, when they wouldn't take him to the crowd or whatever. I don't believe for one second that he was going to be out there with that mob. Not for one second. I think that's a damn lie. That's just me. But when you talk about people like that, when you conduct yourself in that fashion, where does that leave the rest of America? It forces America to take a side. And since the progressives are extreme to the left, and you got these zealots extreme to the right, nobody's following laws and rules. They're doing what they think they can get away with because they believe they have a support base that's going to be out there and be a voice for them. And it's contaminated America. We brought up Kanye and Kyrie and accusations and allegations of anti-Semitism being spewed by them. Did y'all know that the Washington Post recently had an article about a couple of GOP representatives that were accused of similar things? Nobody's talked about that. See, this is the problem. Because what happens is, is that reality TV and the kind of stuff that's going on, it could be the streets of America and the subway and the crime going on in the subway system on the streets of New York. The other day, I was driving down 6th Avenue and a dude was standing in the middle of 6th Avenue with his stuff out taking a leak. In the middle of 6th Avenue. It was the one time in my adult life I wish Rudy Giuliani was still a mayor in New York City. Because that brother would have been dragged off the streets. It was a white guy, but I'm just saying the brother. I mean, come on. You can't act like that. You got some dude caught on camera beating a woman to a pulp in the subway. They arrested him and let him out the same day. You had a man in Buffalo a couple of years ago or a year ago or so. Reported for domestic abuse. Let go the same day because of some no bail rule. 
went home and killed his wife in front of their children. Why do you think Hochul's in trouble for the gubernatorial seat in New York? To a Republican. It's a mess out here. It is an absolute mess. But don't think for one second that I don't recognize where it emanates from. With leadership comes great responsibilities. You're supposed to set the example. You ain't supposed to tag along to get along so you can remain in power. You're supposed to lead. Who's the leader? Where are you? Capitol Hill is a disgrace. I'm not talking policies. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about your behavior amongst each other. And then y'all got the nerve to talk about how the rest of us should act. Here's the sad part. You know how bad it's gotten on Capitol Hill? If y'all noticed, and I'm looking at all my producers here, if y'all have noticed, it's gotten so bad on Capitol Hill, they don't even try to tell us how to act anymore. Notice that? Back in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that, they'd be talking about, oh, you know, you, you can't be acting like this. Uh, your, your behavior has to be better than that. Blah, blah, blah. You don't hear them doing that anymore. You know why? Because they can't. You've got to have a leg to stand on. And they don't. And that's just the truth. Now, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. And when you're talking about getting back to civility, it does help. Look at Obama. Obama's on the campaign trail for the midterms just this past Saturday. He was at a Michigan high school giving a speech. Actually spoke about the attack on Paul Pelosi, but was interrupted by a heckler. But everybody ain't Obama. They ain't as smooth as this brother. They're not as articulate as this brother. Now, granted, in fairness, Obama is loved. That's why he's so popular. They didn't love him enough to keep a whole bunch of seats in the House and the Senate, though. There's a whole bunch of seats that were held by Democrats that were lost under his administration, if we're being fair. So that just tells you people love him, but don't necessarily love the policies. But I digress. When that heckler interrupted, without question, the coolest president we have ever seen in American history. Here was Obama's response. Sir, come on. See, this is what I mean. There's a process that we've set up in our democracy. Right now, I'm talking. You'll have a chance to talk sometime soon. We don't have to shout each other down. It's not a good way to do business. Obama continued. You wouldn't do that in a workplace. It's not how we do things. And this is part of the point that I want to make. Just basic civility and courtesy works. And that is what we are trying to encourage. Ladies and gentlemen, do you watch The View? I do. Whoopi Goldberg's a friend. I love her. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. Joy Behar. I've known Joy Behar for years. Sonny Houston, and I, I love them. Don't have to always agree with them. I'm sure they wouldn't always agree with me. Well, my independent self. But I love them. Got a great show. And they don't hesitate to jump all over anybody that rolls up in there that they disagree with. Obviously, especially a Republican. 
Well, on October 24th's broadcast, Texas Senator Mr. Ted Cruz himself was a guest. And as the panel interviewed Cruz, a group of women reportedly began shouting at him from the audience. At that point, co-host Whoopi Goldberg reprimanded them by saying, ladies, excuse us, let us do our job. We hear what you all have to say, but you got to go. You got to let us do our job. Another co-host, Alyssa Farrah Griffin, joked with Cruz after the interruption, saying they weren't even protesting against you. Sometime later, co-host Anna Navarro, who's called out Cruz in the past, who's called out Trump in the past. This is what she said to Ted Cruz, to his face. I've been very, very vocal and very critical of you, but I am sorry that this has happened in our house. Maybe there's hope after all. I'm going to repeat. You could call me a lot of things. I'm quite sure some of you do. When I give a damn, I'll let you know. But I got to tell you something. You would never call me uncivil. I had the greatest mom in the world. You'll hear me say that often during this podcast. These numerous podcasts that I'm doing. My mother was big, big on civility. You know how to act. You act like you have some damn sense. Matter of fact, I thought about a couple of interviews that I did. I was listening to the interview that I did with Bill Maher the other day. I had one regret and one regret only. My man, Rashawn, would be very proud of me for saying what I'm about to say. I actually thought I cursed a little bit too much. I actually thought I cursed a little bit too much. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't say that because I worked for Walt Disney during the day at ESPN, which I'm proud to work for, by the way. Because the one thing I say about Disney religiously is that I'd rather work for someone with standards than someone looking for them. But my morals don't come from Disney. It comes from mama. Know how to act. So guess what? Rashawn, Terry, Sherry, Michael. I'm going to cut down on the cussing. Because mama would not consider that civil. And as she watches over me, although she knows I might cuss from time to time, although it was never in front of her, ever. She busted me once when I cussed at my sister because she made me mad. And I didn't know my mother was right behind me. It's the only time my mother ever heard me cuss. Civility matters. How you act matters. How you conduct yourself matters. And we all have to do better. That includes Stephen A. But nobody needs it more than Capitol Hill. I'm speaking my truth. I'm talking. I'm covering sports. And I'm covering issues beyond the world of sports doing this podcast. You know what I'm not doing? I'm not bringing legislation to Capitol Hill. I'm not forwarding that legislation to the desk of the White House. I'm not implementing legislation that becomes laws that govern over 350 million American lives. I'm not causing your taxes to be raised. I'm not building borders to keep illegal immigrants out. I'm not compromising your health care. 
I'm not the cause of inflation. I'm not the reason we're in danger of experiencing another recession. I ain't raised gas prices. I ain't raised the price of milk. I ain't raised the price of groceries. I ain't doing any of that. If I was, you had best believe I would exercise a level of decorum and behavior that would say to the American people, this is how we should conduct ourselves at all times. And I wouldn't need to put my finger into the wind and see where the wind blows before I decried violence against the husband of the Speaker of the House or anyone else for that matter. America used to be the standard. We used to be the greatest country in the world. I still think it can be. But I'll be damned if it is right now with the way people are acting. Especially led by our politicians. We got to do better. Or else. We're all going to fall. You don't need a nuclear bomb to disintegrate us. We'll do it to ourselves just by the way we act. So all I got for y'all for today, I'm going to get on out of here. Thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. I'll keep it coming no matter what. Love doing it. Love talking to y'all. Hope y'all love listening to me. Hope y'all don't mind some of the things that I said, although if you do mind, so be it. I'm going to do what I do if I believe it's the right thing to do. It all starts with your heart being in the right place. It's what no mercy is all about. And as I always tell you, you don't have to know sports to know mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.